Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, and welcome to Badlands, the podcast that makes you say, hey, you want to get chiseled? Come with us. I want to get chiseled. Right, well, look, I, well, I'm trying to get chiseled because, you know, it's, I'm trying to get summertime fine, as we say in, in, in the States. Yeah. I got, a, I got a few pounds, a lot more. So I need to get chiseled myself. Uh, but yeah. Same here. Same here. A You're lot not- of chiseling to do. A lot of chiseling. <laughs> what we're saying is, y'all, we're we're old fat dads. That's what we're saying. <laughs> but this is your boy Rance, aka Ray Cash. You hear the beautiful voice of Mr. Paul Tolly. Mags is not here. Um, that's rare because Mags is on every podcast known to man in the Western Hemisphere. Um, but uh, Mags has real life stuff to handle, and I, I can't say nothing to nobody because I ain't been on this show for like what, like a month and a half. About that, yeah. Um, you, you, you've done the odd running, but <laughs> quite literally, like I'm like Seth Rollins at Mania 31. Like I'm just gonna <laughs> pop in out of nowhere. Uh, we we want to give Mags our love on the show. Uh, we love you, handle your business, and we're here when you get back. You know, or you know, it could just be Ray and Tolly. You know, we'll we'll take it over, no problem. We'll see. We'll see. It might. It might work. You never know. I've. I got a feeling we might be begging for him to come back by the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he's the one that has the damn book worth of booking, and me and you got like two, like two bullets. <laughs> I have three bullets on a notepad on my computer, so this might. This might be the quickest episode of Bad Lands you've ever heard. We'll. We'll talk slow. Yes. Um, well, all these crazy cats are speeding it up to 1.5, two times, three times these days anyway. So, Well, then, so you'll be done in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> First off, uh, let me give a shout out to the Chair Shot Radio Network. Um, that's 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 the, you know, the crew we hang out with, the, 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 the people we're a part of. Um, I know Tali's going to do all the plus at the end of the show, but I want to implore you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash the Chair Shot. And go buy some merch. Um, some Badlands and Mags merch coming soon. But in the meantime, 
hashtag journalism. Jesus did the job. Um, Baron Corbin sucks. The original chair shot logo. Bandwagon nerds. A ton of stuff for your families, and it feels good on your giblets. So, your giblets want it. <laughs> I don't know where to go after that. Yeah, that was that was that was pretty bad. Uh, Paul, <laughs> first and foremost, yeah. how are you doing? Number one, and number two, um, I believe this was your choice. Can you tell us about the topic we have for today? Sure. Well, firstly, I'm feeling great. It's great to be on here talking to you. Um, we've had a little bit of a, a preamble before that I've, I've, that, that I've, I've really enjoyed. An hour's worth of preamble, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> an hour's worth. It was like career coaching. Um, uh, what we're going to talk about this week, um, well, hopefully this is what you prepped. Otherwise, this would be awkward, wouldn't it? Um, that would be hilarious it, if I prepped for the wrong thing, right? That would be hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened in the past. It must have happened in the past. What if Carmelo never cashed in? To win a championship. What? <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about what if uh, if Owen Hart hadn't uh, sadly passed away uh, in uh, 1999. Uh, what would he have gone on to do? That is, so this is, you know, we like to have fun and make fun of stuff and bust each other's balls. But this is a really serious subject um, because this is, this may be the most tragic thing that's happened in wrestling history and that's that's a lot dog y'all I, yeah. all the shit that's happened in the history of wrestling you know uh uh bruiser brody and and so many other things but i mean what happened to him in the kemper arena that night i was watching live i don't know if were you watching no but i remember exactly where i was in the school playground when i heard it's one of those one of those moments yeah man it's the so just to give a little context because I know Mags normally likes to give some backstory. We ain't got to tell you who Orn Hart is. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna insult your intelligence. You know, if you're a wrestling fan and you listen to this podcast, you know who Owen Hart is. Um, but just some backstory onto my recollection of the night. Um, I can't remember the match that was right before it, but I know that. Um, Owen as a blazer, the blue blazer, supposed to wrestle the Godfather for the IC title. And they had an interview with Jeff Jarrett. Now, God bless Jeff Jarrett, because at the time they were tag partners. And if you know, historically, Jarrett and Owen were legitimately real close. And for that to have just happened. And then the first person you interview his tag partner, like, I just can't imagine being put in that position. And then um, did you have the the ability or the, I say luxury, the chance to watch the Dark Side of the Ring episode on this? I have seen that, yeah. Yeah. The part where Kevin Dunn is like, and Owen's dead, and five, four. It's just like, yo. Yeah. Um, what are your recollections about the situation, man? Like, like you, it's just a, a, a incredibly dark moment like i said i remember exactly where i was when uh when i was told about it i had it recorded from the night before um obviously i was in school at the time so staying up for pay-per-views wasn't wasn't something i was allowed to do um but i'd always come home the next day and and uh and watch them in the evening and i did still watch it because you know being a young teenager you kind of have a bit of 
morbid curiosity, I guess, wouldn't you? I I, I think if it, if it were to happen now, I wouldn't wouldn't have touched the tape, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just horrible, and and as you say, how can for Jeff Jarrett to do what he did for Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler to do what they did for everybody went on after um, after what happened for the crowd to continue after they would have witnessed witnessed what happened and, and it, it doesn't even be thinking about what it would have been like seeing that happen I, I don't blame the crowd so essentially you mentioned the crowd because yeah. I know the crowd knew something happened, right? Clearly. You can't not hear or look out and see something falling from... God bless the man. The man was dying, about to die, and was worried about Jimmy Corderas to get him out the way. Like, just crazy. But I can't imagine the crowd understood and knew what happened because it was never announced in the arena, right? Yeah, and no internet, no uh, smartphone to tell you. 100%. And what's crazy is if you ever, if you, I know, uh, I don't think it's on the network. I don't think you can watch it anywhere unless you have to actually have the physical copy or I'm sure some daily motion channel has it on there, but uh, the crowd was still hot the rest of the night because they had the taker Austin angle. Um, I can't remember. There wasn't there a rock match after that or something like the, the show was still hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I guess um, what's the, what's the word? Kind of like tra- tra- tragedy just affects you in weird ways, doesn't it? I think certainly, it's you know, it's a very a very British trait to um, as you know, as they say, keep calm and carry on. Um, is it just but, is it British though? I, it's I think that's pretty just a human trait. Yeah, and well, that and you know, it gets made fun of a lot, especially in this situation. But the idea of the show must go on. Yeah. And I get there are moments I think where you have to just pull that back and say, we need to take care of humans. I completely agree with that. But you look at, and this is not mistaken up for Vince because like he should, like Vince should go, he should deal with every ounce of shit he has to deal with for letting the shit continue to happen and let it happen in the first place. And we'll get to that. But for a dude who grew up in this business since he was like a child, that's all he's ever known is the show goes on. Someone gets hurt, show goes on. You know, uh, it's raining outside, show goes on. Oh, well, uh, I got a steroid trial, I'm about to go to jail, show goes on. That's all he knew. And so I'm not sticking up for him, but every entertainment, there's been times where people have died in the circus. Did they stop the show? No, they kept going. So I, maybe this is a, a, a chance for, a take a, us, for us to take a good look, hard look at us in society besides Vince, because like we're not culpable, clearly. We didn't have shit to do with it. But I mean, like we just mentioned, crowd was too hot. Yeah, it's, it's so difficult. And you do want to tread carefully. because, like you say, you don't want to be seen to be sticking up for, for, for Vince in the moment. But it was a very in the moment thing and he had to make a snap decision and i suppose once you made that snap decision we're carrying on it almost i don't know would it look worse if they did one match and they went actually this isn't right let's yeah let's stop you have to make that decision right there like you said jeff jarrett's ready to promo someone's ready to come out and do the match and well 
I was going to say, all we can hope is he he learned from it. Hopefully, it never that nothing like that ever happens again. But if it were to happen again, hopefully he would have learned from it and would take a different decision. But hopefully that's never tested. Hopefully we never find that out. I hope to God. I forget someone. If you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe that after that happened, Sting stopped coming from the Raptors. Oh, really? I know it was real close because Sting stopped doing it after a while. Not too long. If it wasn't directly after this, it wasn't too long after. Because remember, the two people who came down from the Raptors regularly, and Owen didn't come regularly, but he did a couple of times, right? Yeah. But every every Monday, Sting was coming from the Raptors, right? And he now, granted, Sting had the full-ass harness because the NWO would have to powder in the ring and, and sit there and look scared. While he's having to unhook his shit <laughs> before he goes and beats twenty dudes up with one bat, um, so clearly they took more caution with what he was doing. But yeah, I don't remember Sting doing it after that. I mean, I'm sure there's been uh, the odd moment, but like it was every week back then. Yeah, um, and yeah, well, good, good if we could check that out and 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 see if that that timeline does match up. But um, yeah, as you, I, I think as you say, this, this thing was doing it every single week. So clearly, they were using the right equipment. They knew what they were doing. Um, that that that's that's the most inexcusable bit. Not the not the show carrying on, but that it actually happened. You know, I have I have not been. I will always. Them is gonna sound fucked up. But I'm, I've never been, just, I gotta be blunt. I gotta be honest. I've never been the biggest supporter of Martha Hart. And I, now that's, that has nothing to do with her feeling how she feels about her husband. That's justified. Yep. You, however you have the decide to feel about your husband is justified because that was your husband, the father of your kids, and you lost him in the dumbest way possible. So I get that. But the reason I, the reason I say that I have my issues with her personally, and I don't know the woman clearly. Was because she it felt like she went out of her way until recently with the AEW deal to like keep Owen away from his family and his and his legacy away from his family and his friends. And I just felt that was unfair. Family and his fans, I mean, because Vince Vince deserves all the culpability, but we didn't do anything. So yeah. why can't we appreciate his legacy? You know, and I, I get her reasoning and whatnot. But the one time I ever had to question my feelings was on that damn dark side of the ring when she showed the fucking carabiner. Yeah. And so for context, I'm six foot one, 330 pounds. Owen was six, was five, 10, 220. I'll take your word for it. I mean, I say 220 in a good day. He may have been closer to 205, 210, whatever. Still a, a fully grown ass man, right? Yeah. Dog, like we were joking earlier about Tali is a numbers man. I'm clearly not. You don't need to be an engineer to understand the <laughs> math. Don't math. No, it's, it's yeah. It's uh, it's it's damning. It's it's just, it just just shouldn't have happened. It's just just it's just stupid, wasn't it? It it's it, it's I I think it, it's wrong to label it a freak accident. No, no, it yeah. was not a. It, it's negligence. It not only was a negligence, but I mean, I don't remember if there was a criminal case, but I would argue it is 
manslaughter. Yeah, yeah. I've, they must have. There must have been a, a case. That was a civil case. She got broke off some money now. Understand? Because yeah. they settled yeah. and she got paid. Yeah. But I don't remember if there was a criminal case or whatnot. And again, Mags isn't here. He would have known that. He would know. <laughs> he would know. He'd he'd have he'd have it written down. Um, outside the edge, May nineteen ninety nine. Um, that's going into the year two thousand. Wrestling was changing because we're getting into the latter half of the Attitude Era. Austin is slowly taking the backseat back. It's getting there. Rock is becoming the bigger the biggest star. Things are changing in the company. Um, do you remember much about that time period outside of outside of of Over the Edge? I find it, I find it hard to place what else was happening at that at that time. So what we're talking May, May ninety nine. So we're coming off the back of what WrestleMania we're we coming off the back of there and in nineteen ninety nine. Should be fifteen because WrestleMania two thousand was was sixteen. Okay. Though you know in the four corners match. Yeah. Yep. So Austin had to have gotten had to have gotten taken out for his fusion in September, October, or something of the sort. Yeah. Oh, actually, because I can give I can tell you, SummerSlam of that year was the year when um, Austin didn't want to put over Hunter, and so they put Mankind in the triple threat match, let Mankind win the title for like a couple weeks to put right. over Hunter and win the title at SummerSlam. So that gives you a time frame. Yeah. What do I what do I remember from that time? <laughs> so uh, was, was... Let me give let me give you some some things of note. Um, the X was dissolving. Triple H and China were were becoming the top stars. He had just won the championship. Um, you're seeing the rise of Shane McMahon as a wrestler. Yeah. Um, you have Undertaker. He takes in the big show at this point, and they become the Unholy Alliance. These are some of the things that are happening. Um, the very next pay-per-view is the King of the Ring. Who wins the King of the Ring? Badass Billy Gunn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> which leads to the match at Wrestle- at SummerSlam, which ruined his 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 career with The Rock. <laughs> hey, God, my name's Billy. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's the time frame we're leading into, and then the rise of the tag teams because the first triangle ladder match is at WrestleMania 2000, which means that October is your first Hardys versus Edge and Christian ladder match at No Mercy. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a big time. It is a, almost a, a yeah, almost a changing of era, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So the attitude era, while attitude era is depending on who you listen to, four or five years. You can say from ninety six to two thousand one or ninety seven to two thousand one, however you choose. I think attitude era starts when Brett starts calling out Vince McMahon on air. I think that's when it starts, right? Yeah. So I go to ninety six. Ninety six to ninety eight is a different attitude era than ninety nine to two thousand one. Yeah. Because it's, it's different people. Putting Shawn Michaels is the king of Attitude and then he's gone. Hunter ascends. Stone Cold is the king of the Attitude Era, and then The Rock ascends. Like so many, 
Foley is a bit player and then he becomes one of the top guys. So many things end up changing. The tag teams end up drawing. Like at, at, at one point, I think the out, the New Age Outlaws were the number three draw in the company. Really? Behind Austin and the yeah, behind Austin and the Rock, it was Outlaws with like number three, I believe, at one point. Wow. So yeah, it's you're right. It, that's that, that second half of the attitude era, things were changing. Yeah. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com Thechairshot.com Always use your head Um. Okay, so let's get into the what if, if you will Um it's a rough what if and like these are fun to do but they're hard because you know it's one thing to say what if a dude who's still alive didn't do this but we're talking about what if a guy didn't die <laughs> it's kind of yeah. hard to like pinpoint <laughs> so do you want to go first do you want me to to go first i can go first if you want by all means by the yeah. way for, the, for, for context paul had this up for last week and hasn't read it since so this is going to be fun <laughs> So I'll I tell you how I went about mine. So I've not I've not gone for kind of a, a fantasy book from from over the edge, if you like. Sure. Um, I've actually kind of mapped out where I think his career would have gone over the years up to up to right now. Okay. Um, because the, the crazy the crazy thing is he'd, he'd be fifty seven years old now. And you realize how young that is? Like yeah. There were wrestlers that are wrestling now that are older than that. Sting 62. Yes, Uh, and he jumped off of the balcony through four tables. Yeah. With a fused neck. What is the world coming to? (laughs) So yeah, so that that's kind of that's kind of my my contextual anchor, if you like, is he's he'd be fifty seven years old. So conceivably he could still be a part timer, um, if not potentially like the last five years or so he would have been a would have been a part-timer probably undoubtedly been on saudi arabian shows um <laughs> exactly um and 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 wrestlemania's like uh, just a few a few examples minoru suzuki's 50 53 chris jericho's 51 sting 62 goldberg's 55 keiji muto's 59 so we're in the owen hart was looking after himself he was a he was, a, he was a physical specimen, so I think he'd still be, still be going. So there's my there's my context. Okay. So I'm jumping straight to just a bit of fun. Just try and keep this light. I'm going to ask you a question. Who who would you put him against at this year's WrestleMania? A 57 year old Owen Hart. Ooh. The entire car be damned. Just. Anybody, just pick anybody off. off anyone, you, anyone. Yeah, there's no nothing set in stone. None of the matches that have been made. So it was one of three people. Okay. I, I, I think uh, Owen Hart versus Edge story could be fun with the Canadian history there. Yeah. But 
any new person or any old head, the two shining stars of the company in terms of like, you don't need much work and you're going to guarantee a good match or AJ and Seth. Yeah. Yeah. So any of those three, I think you got gold. I'd agree with that. I, I had Seth Rollins. I mean, Seth Rollins is your go-to guy, isn't he? You just whenever anyone asks me like, what, <laughs> what would be a dream crossover match between companies or, you know, bring in an, an old legend back. It's always, it's always Seth for me. <laughs> Seth and AJ simultaneously share that Shawn Michaels moniker of Mr. WrestleMania slash you need something to work, put them against Shawn. That's either Seth or AJ. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I also, I'd, I'd Finn Balor down as well. Oh, that would be fun. Mm. Oh, that would be fun. Well, hell, you want to go that way? I mean, we could do Ricochet. You know, <laughs> we could do Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, the guy who his son and last name is after. Like, there's. Can you imagine Kevin Owens doing a pop up power bomb on Owen to get heat on the on the apron to get heat for their match going to WrestleMania? Yeah. Oh man, amazing. Yeah. So I think we agree. Owen Hart at WrestleMania 38 would be just be brilliant. Be fantastic. I, I'd pay my money. <laughs> right, so I'm going to go back. Right, go back to 1999, where we're um, obviously we we go beyond beyond over the edge. So, so from what, what I was reading when I was researching this, Owen Hart had asked for his request from WWE. Is my understanding, mm-hmm. and was and was declined it. Mm-hmm. Um, now his contract, again from the limited research i've done would 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 expire in 2001 2000 somewhere around that time yes yeah so I, i've got 2001 so so he's in he's in wwe in wwf wwe in my in my um timeline and for 1999 until 2001 mm-hmm. which again uh, throws up the tantalizing prospect of owen hartfish chris jericho or, and you know, I know we don't. He who shall not be named, but you can't tell me Owen versus Voldemort would wouldn't have slapped yeah. at the time. Well, they've got history from they they fought in New Japan, nineteen ninety one. Pegasus Kid, yeah. So yeah, I Chris Benoit as well. Matches against Jericho against Benoit. Well, throw in Malenko as well. Um, Malenko, Eddie, Saturn, <laughs> many of them. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie, yeah. Why didn't I think of Eddie? Um, so, 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 yeah. I, th- I think there'd be enough there to keep him busy for those couple of years. And then I think we, get, I think we roll around to two thousand and one, and I think he would actually leave. Um, and Vince probably wouldn't be too heartbroken about him leaving in two thousand and one because obviously WCW is now gone. So there's no way there's no obvious place for him to go is the perfect time to, to let Owen go. So, so, so I don't, I don't think Owen ever becomes a, a WWF world champion. Um, he leaves in 2001. So I was thinking, where would he, where would he go from there? There's no WCW. Um, obviously he's got history in Japan. I looked at, looked at new Japan, what they were doing at that time. Not, not really setting the world alight. But yes, when my bias comes in, you know who is setting the world alight in Japan? <laughs> Launched in 2001, <laughs> Pro Wrestling Noah. <laughs> Hashtag plug. 
hashtag plug. So, yeah, Pro Wrestling Noah was launched in 2001. Um, they had, at that time, Vader and um, uh, Two Cold Scorpio. Mm, I didn't know that. Um, they were kind of their Western talent at that time. So I can imagine Owen Hart wanting a wanted a piece of that action as well. You could go in and work with a, a young Marafuji, young, a very, very young Kenta. Um, Kanamaru, I think, you know, Noah, Noah were building around uh, a hot junior heavyweight division and imagine Owen Hart going in there and training them, training them a bit in what, what, what he knows. Obviously they turned out all right anyway, but I mean, working with Owen Hart would be fantastic. I think, I think he'd enjoy that for a couple of years. Then we go into 2002. You rightfully said he had a very good relationship with Jeff Jarrett. And in 2002, we get the launch of NWA TNA. So I think the obvious would be to to join what what very quickly became the number two company in the states at that time. Um, Well, so you don't think he would have touched Ring of Honor at all? You think it would have went straight to TNA? No, I don't think he would have gone to Ring of Honor. I think he would have done a bit of Japan, done a bit of just indie touring, making that making that dollar. So the prospect of him versus Punk or Joe or Danielson or McGinnis or um, 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 Morishima or, hell, Jamie Noble at the time who was killing it, even little bitch-ass Grinch Austin Aries. Like, they had the young, a young Roddy Strong, AJ Styles at the time before he got hot in tea. Like, they had... Oh, squad back then. Yeah. Oh, oh, it, like, man. It'd be great to see, but w- would it Would it have been, would them signing Owen Hart been, been consistent with their business model at that time? I don't think they really gonna... had anyone. They didn't have any big names, like names who'd made, made their name in WWF, had sure. they? No, not at the time, because they didn't have the money to do that. No. I don't think Owen would have signed anywhere, honestly. I think he just would have freelanced. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he he wouldn't he wouldn't have needed the money. Because number one, he got paid. Number two, he was he was like uh like legendarily frugal. So I don't think he would have needed the money. But no, you look, I'm with you. TNA makes a lot of sense given Jeff Jarrett ties. But I just think that like if it's all if if he's in his 2002 Brian Danielson phase where like Danielson now is just I just want to wrestle like you would have had to go to Philadelphia real fast yeah yeah and I get that but I, I, I just think I just think it was consistent with how NWA and TNA set themselves up they did go out signing that kind of yeah. mid 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 card WWF talent Ken building Shamrock. company around them yeah, yeah. people like that yeah you're right and do you know who was NWA champion when TNA formed. Ken Shamrock, right? Uh, he, it, Ken Shamrock was the first champion, but it was Dan Seven who um, That's right. was the champion and had to uh, relinquish it because he couldn't work the the first NWA TNA show. Now I'm thinking with their history in WWF, I think they would have made more of an effort to have Dan Seven versus Owen Hart for the but NWA that, championship. Put Owen Seven. And Shamrock and oh yeah okay yeah. sign me up you you got me 
Makes sense. And Owen Hart does go on to be a world champion, an NWA world's heavyweight champion. So we can we we no longer be able to call him one of the best who who never won the world championship because uh, I think he would he he could win that there in a in NWA TNA. And then obviously we know where TNA goes from that. You've got you've got Jeff Jarrett. You've got Kurt Angle. Eventually turns up Christian. Eventually turns up AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Nigel McGuinness. I mean Sting, Sting. Some some of the world's best technical wrestlers. Owen Hart would have been. I mean, it would have been a joy to watch in there for that period. So I think he, whether freelance or as contracted, he would stay there for a long time. Um, then just just playing playing with years here. I've we come to twenty ten. Uh, 45 years old, he would be at that point. I think he might fancy a little run in uh, New Japan at that point. Mm. New Japan's a lot hotter by that stage. You've got you've got Tanahashi in there. You've got Nakamura. You've got Finn Balor. Prince Devitt is in there. Kenny Omega's just starting in there. Obviously, you've got Liger, Ibushi, Naito. So again, much like he did, <laughs> theoretically did going into Noah, working with the young talent coming up there. You could do the same again in New Japan, maybe enter a uh, best of the super juniors for one one more time. You know what's interesting? You know what else happened in 2010, right? What happened in 2010? January 4th, 2010, Bret Hart came back to the WWE. Ah, well we're getting there. I didn't I didn't actually note the date, but there's a reason I picked 2010. The, is, I know that uh, date for the record because that's the date I started my uh online career that was the date of my first column okay well was it about that was it about Bret Hart it was about Bret and Sean yeah need to go is that still available I need to go check that out your first uh foray into look on the way back machine because the forums are dead I can send it to you because I have it in my uh google drive but yeah all all those old columns from all those LOP forums days are gone because the forums got nuked like three different times Send it to me. I'd be interested to read that. I will. Thank you. So, yeah, that, that's the reason I picked 2010. Is he goes to a brief run with New Japan, maybe six months or so. And then, as you say, uh, relationships between Bret Hart and Vince McMahon four. So it'd be natural to assume that that relationships we know in Hart and Vince would also four. Um, so that opens up his return to WWE. Man, can you imagine? When Brett and 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 Vince had the WrestleMania match, and all the Hart family was around, and then you heard, "Enough is enough," and and Owen comes down. Oh my God! Like I got goosebumps. Be amazing, wouldn't it? Right to sell. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> okay, got... you couldn't with Greece today, Dolly. You, you couldn't with Greece. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So Brett Hart uh, has a stint as general manager, mm-hmm. uh, which ends when he's attacked by the Nexus. So let's have a little fun with a Heart Foundation versus Nexus match. So Nexus versus Owen Hart. Bret Hart, if he can, you know, he's just there. Jim Neidhart, D.H. Smith, and Tyson Kidd. Are you bringing bringing old man Neidhart back too? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what you're telling me is (laughs) at SummerSlam, it's not WWE versus... The uh, versus the Nexus, it's the Hart family versus. Yes, take my money, bro. <laughs> take my right? money, right? Um, 
And then while he's while while Owen's still with the WWE and still, as I say, like between forty five and fifty, he's still got the scope there to have great matches with CM CM Punk, John Cena, The Miz. Another and a chance to rekindle with Chris Jericho, who I booked him against in two thousand. Um, so yeah, and then he then he'd wind down to kind of part time, as I say, WrestleMania, Saudi shows, bits like that, until until we get to this current year, where I think the time would be right for him at fifty seven years old to take that step into an AEW role. As they they they're big on these like coaches, aren't they? Like yeah. coaches, heads of stables. They don't listen to them, but they love to have them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I can imagine him stepping over there, um, you know, being the coach of a stable, being a manager of a stable, or such, or maybe um, being aligned with a Brian Pillman Junior. Just because you've got the Heart Foundation tenuous that link there. That could be fun. Yeah. So I had to look at their roster and see who he'd best link up with, and I, that was the only one that really jumped out. So, yeah, I think I think you would have had a pretty neat, varied, varied career. I've I've never, well, until this show, I've never thought about what would happen if Brett was alive. I mean, if Owen was alive. Forgive me. I'm sorry for that mix up. Um, just because, man, it's too painful to think about Owen. But the possibilities, man. And so so what's interesting to see is I think AEW would be too tantalizing for him to not give it a try. Yeah. But the question is, you know, Vince makes these guys made men as long as they want to get that check. And the one thing you didn't mention that I think Owen would have loved and lived for is the Performance Center. I think yeah. Owen would have lived for that you know, and 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 to work there, and hell, for all we know, like all respect to Matt Bloom, who's done by all admissions a great job. But I mean, you tell me, Owen can be head trainer? Absolutely, uh, and I mean, we know he was he, he was the most popular guy. Um, they are, they already got Robbie Brookside, so there, you know, they had Regal there all those years, so they have a history. They have a history of people who were of that ilk. You know, I just think he would be fantastic there, uh, but yeah, it so it makes it, it it makes you really hate that. Clearly, every anybody with the heart hurts for Tyson Kidd, T.J. Wilson, and his injury. But man, like, can you imagine if Teddy Hart wasn't such a it, such an asshole? If you bring Teddy Hart, D.H. Smith, and Pillman. And have Owen as the face. It's the New Heart Foundation 2020. Yep. yep. Bro, that would be heat. But, be huge, wouldn't it? It'd be huge. Yeah, but, but, but Teddy's an asshole, so that never happened. Yeah, I mean, I tried to I tried to fit Teddy in the in my Nexus first Heart Foundation, but the time the timelines wasn't right. It wouldn't have. I, I'll tell you happened. this: Vince has never. Vince is a deplorable Satan type human being but vince is the king of business if it would have made sense he would have brought teddy in for one month for one month. (laughs) (laughs) you know and with owen and brett there teddy ain't gonna fuck up with owen and brett no i don't i don't i don't see it 
no, it, it would be special. Um, yeah, as you, as you say, it's uh, it's quite painful to think of what he would have what he would have gone on to do, and and quite hard to do so. But in that, I think in that scenario I drew there, everything I put him in, he was he was making that each company or situation better. He wasn't taking; he was giving. So, as you said there about the performance center, actually, that feels. That, that that feels like uh, a really good would have been a really good fit for him. Yeah, I think so. And like you said, he was a person that loved to give back, and I, so I love that about your kind of meandering through the years, because that would like I love the fact that he gave back to Noah, he gave back to TNA, he gave back to AW, he gave back to the WWE at a time where he could have helped his nephews and his niece. He, you know, he gave, he would have given back, I believe, to the Performance Center because Owen was one of the most selfless individuals you would ever find. And yeah. I think that, like, that it just makes, your your first thought is, well, he'd be a WWE lifer. He always was. He may have been like, no, I'm going to go live my life. You know, and yeah. the ability to not have to work 300 days a year and, like, be home with the kids. What? I, I, str- I, 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 when I, when I set the, when I set the question, my initial thought was, right, I'm going to book his WWF career. But just doing that bit of research, it, it clearly what they did, what they did to Brett was still raw for him, and I just, I can't see when 2001 came around, him not leaving. Well, by that point, it would have been four years, right? Three four years, years but, but. Brett and Vince were still their their relationship was still as bad as ever at that point. It was, but again, damn, I, I'm I, I'm giving Vince a lot of credit. And I'm not trying to, and I'm not a Vince hater, but like when Vince is fucked up, you call it out. Yeah, but by all the by, someone if someone tell me if I'm wrong with factual evidence, with the exception of this stupid ass stunt that he had him do, Vince did right by Owen. The situation with Brett never affected any of the rest of the hearts and their booking, to my knowledge. Now, if I'm wrong, please tell me I'm wrong, and I'll gladly say I was wrong. But Owen was continually pushed at high levels after that, you know? And this, this after Owen almost ended Austin's career. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean... <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know the how the blue blazer came about and whether that was a whether whether that was a bit of a piss takey gimmick to give him or not. But all the other that evidence, was, as you say, seems suggests that he was still in high esteem. He was still being used um, in a very prominent position. I, I just even 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 that, I, I, I still think family loyalty would have maybe w- would have won out, and he and he he still he still would have left at the opportunity maybe. to do so. And Davy Boy and um, Jim had already left too, so that you're right. Yeah. It may have been the case. For the record, the Blue Blazer was Owen's idea. Owen oh, was it? Was okay. Doing, Owen had been doing the Blue Blazer ever before. I think he was doing it in, in a company, and maybe in New Japan or companies before he even did it in WWE. So it was Owen's idea. As, as, as so, so it wasn't like. You know, Vince making Nick Dinsmore Eugene. It wasn't one of those situations. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because yeah. I, I can take that back and. Uh... No, and but I can understand if you don't know that history. 
then yeah, it could be a little offensive to give like again. I thought the way that Nick Dinsmore played Eugene was fantastic. He played the character great. Yeah. That's a really fucking offensive character. And Nick Dinsmore was one of the better technical wrestlers of the past 20 years. <laughs> you know, and he's gotten to happen to play this character. You know. What are you gonna do? You're gonna say no? You, you, you're, only, you're only gonna get one shot. Not many people say no. No. Um okay, so. Where are you taking us? Not on the route like you did. Um, <laughs> I I tend to do these things by bullet points, right? And I and I, I expound on them through that, through that way. So we have three bullet points, and we can expound upon them in the in the moment as we talk about them. Yeah. But you hinted at the first one. I I would agree. I would believe that Owen would have left for WCW or something WCW or Jace. I don't know that I didn't know the time frame before today before we talked about this of when his contract would have been up. But I feel like he'd have been like, "Look, even if me and you ain't, even if I don't hate you personally, what you did to my brother, and just I wanted, I need to do something different." I think he would have left. Yeah. Um, so we agree wholeheartedly on that. Um, but number, my second point is I think Owen between the time of then and by the time he left, I think Owen would have been a world champ. You think? I think so. That's a big one. I think Owen would have won the strap and I'm not saying he would have held it long. He may have been a Foley S run, but I say that because look at the people who were, who, fuck, this sounds bad. I was going to say benefited and no, that's a terrible line of words yeah. look at the we people know, we know who, what you mean. who were ascended into higher spots after this portion look at the people foley big show hunter owen beat them all yeah hunter was running from owen at wrestlemania 14 was running from him right the big show was always going to be world champ because i mean he's one of a kind right he's an attraction but Big Show held the championship for like three, four months in 2000? Big Show? <laughs> so, <laughs> did he the, he defended, defended against Big Boss Man as well. Had a two-month feud, bro, <laughs> with the Big <laughs> Boss Man over the championship. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And then the, if, if nothing else, if nothing else, Foley won the title a couple of times for a couple of weeks or a week to give it right back to somebody. Owen couldn't have done that. I just feel like Owen would have won a championship. Vince is notorious for giving wrestlers thank you reigns. Notorious for it. You rock with me long enough. You've been a good soldier long enough. I'm going to reward you with the championship. Yeah. And what, what do you think maybe he would do that to sweeten Owen to sign the new contract as well? Or you know, I mean, attempt to sweeten him? Business is business, and I don't put nothing past Vince. But again, Vince loved Brett. And didn't hurt, want to hurt Brett. He just was trying to protect the business. Yeah, like this. this nothing. I'm. This is no no offense to Bret Hart fans because I know how they feel about that. But for every Brett was in. What Brett was wrong for the way he handled the situation. Vince was wrong for screwing him, but ultimately the business matters. And yes, I get Brett was an upstanding person and was a man of integrity. We know that. 
But when it comes down to business and money, you can't trust that. So you're telling me legitimately Vince was supposed to expect and, and trust Brett that Brett would that Brett would do right, even though he's facing the guy he hates the most, out of contract and show up the next night and give the belt up when you've already signed this multi-million dollar contract with WCW and Medusa just threw it in the trash not even a year before that. It's it just it ain't the math ain't math it. It was it was too big an unknown. Just too 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 big a risk. Exactly. So this is this wasn't the case of man fuck Breck. This was a case of well, hey Breck got to be the guy to deal with to have this done to him, but we need to protect the business. So all of that being said, Vince got a long relationship with the Hearts. I'm talking thirty years. Yeah. So like he he I won't say loved the Hearts. I think he did, but I won't dare say that. But he respected them. You know what I mean? Sure. So, yeah. So with that being said, while could that have been a ploy to keep him? Sure. But I think Vince knew what he had with Owen. He respected who Owen was. And I think he would have wanted to reward Owen with a moment like that. I mean, and if I'm off, I'm off. I can I can completely see where you're coming from. And if if there was any if See, he'd have every excuse after what happened uh, in Montreal and after Owen had asked to leave, Vince would have every reason there to uh, just kind of forget about Owen and and push him to one side and just sit out your contract chasing the hardcore title or whatever. Um, So, yeah, I can see exactly where you're coming from. The fact that he still held him in that high esteem. Yeah, it would would point towards Yeah, it's not inconceivable he could become a world champion. Put him in major angles. Put him. I mean, he was against Hunter regularly. He was against The Rock. Uh, he was in. He was in a tag team. He was in a tag team run when this all happened. But I mean, he was tag team champion with Brett. What twice? Not Brett. I'm sorry. Uh, Jeff was yeah. like two times. They were tag champions in that run they had for that yeah, they were. ten months. Um. So yeah. Those of y'all listening, let me know if you think I'm off base on that. Do you think Owen would have became a champ if he was still alive? It would have become WWE champ. So where where would you have done it? Would, would you is the, is there a particular title run you would have just straight up replaced with Owen? Foley's Foley's yeah. not not the first one, not the one when uh at, at um not the butts on seats one, not the butts on seats one, but the one when Austin didn't want to put over Hunter. Right, I'd have let Owen run with that for about a month. And then let Hunter beat Owen going into um, SummerSlam. And then Owen's made, Hunter's made. Hunter can go on the rock, but you can always go back with Hunter and Owen. Owen can be mad at Austin. And you can go back to that feud with um, Owen almost ruining Austin's career. Then Austin coming back and costing. Owen the championship like there's you could there's so many things you could have ran with that and Foley still would have been a made man because Foley was the Foley was the guy who was willing to do all the shit nobody else wanted to do so he was yeah. always going to get shine Foley doesn't need to be a champion no get, just get, like get it, yeah yeah getting it the first time was a nice moment but he didn't need anything beyond that I agree but I think especially in that time now it's a different it's a little different with um how much how many shows they have and how many championships there are yeah. back then if you won the title multiple times that let the world know that like you're one of the best ever to, to ever do this yeah because because 
random people didn't there weren't a lot of Pedro Morales and respect to Pedro Morales, but like <laughs> uh y'all can't see, <laughs> but y'all can see my gesture, but I mean Um, okay. <laughs> My last point, and this is going to be the one that I think is going to be quite contentious. Vince doubles down on his arrogance. But this is what I mean. There have been three moments in the modern WW, modern wrestling time, where Vince was humbled. In my opinion, in my humble opinion. That was the steroid trial. When he like was fighting for his life, um, that was Owen. When Owen died, because he had to come to grips with the fact that not only am I culpable, but I lost somebody I cared about. And when Eddie and and Benoit died within those those few months, yeah. And after and after all three of those moments, if you think about it, something changed, right? After the steroid trial, you know, the new gen started going away. And, uh, you know, and Vince was even more arrogant at this point because he beat the government, pal. After Owen died, you see, they stopped taking they stopped taking some of the chances they were taking with some of the crazy. Well, I say that, but then fucking <laughs> Sam McMahon jumped off some shit for 80, 50 feet. Not too much long <laughs> later. So maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but yeah, but is it is that because it is that because his name was McMahon? Is that they were willing to take more of a risk with their own than what I think? What I think it was, and that I'd like to get your opinion is um, so the the issue with the Owen situation comes seems to have come down to they skimped on the detail. Right, they skimped on the detail and the stunt team and the this and that. They were just trying to get by. If you go back and look at all these Shaman Man stunts, they ain't skimping on shit. Like they are going out of their way to make sure that this kid isn't gonna go kill himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I don't know if you can if someone else would look at that as a major change, but to go from a carabiner for a 220 pound human being to the stuff they were doing afterwards that had clearly had care and consideration into it. I think that's, I think personally that's a change. I mean, what, what do you think on that? Yeah, I'd agree with that I'd point as well to um, Rikishi's fall from the cell compared to Mick Foley's fall from the cell. Uh, I don't know. Obviously Rikishi's carrying a bit more timber, even more than Mick Foley, but um, still it was a very different landing to, to the one Mick took, so yeah, you know, I, I I think you're absolutely right. There, there clearly was a, a a change in their approach to safety there. Quick tangent: Rikishi has the two most cringiest falls I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so that's one of them. Was the the other one was when he uh, splashed Val Venus off the top of the cage. <laughs> yes. Yep. And Val Venus told a story about this, uh, where he was saying. Uh, that, you know, he was worried about it because, you know, he trusts Kishi, but like, you 400 pounds, big dog. Like, and Kishi said, Don't worry about it, brother. 
I'm a worker. I'm gonna you. I'm gonna take care. You ain't gonna feel nothing. And Val says he barely felt anything. Like Rikishi took care of him. Yeah. But I'm just imagine laying there and looking up twenty feet at uh, <laughs> and a four hundred pound Samoan dude in a thong. It's like let's go. <laughs> that's life flashing before your eyes. Moment that is. That's that's the reason why I took one bump, ran the ropes for one day, and didn't wrestle. Stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it takes a special breed. It does, man. Um, but um, and then but the, the other time was you know clearly after um after Eddie and Benoit after Eddie brought the Rotas policy, which whatever you believe it or not, it's helped people's it saved MVP's life. So if it does nothing else, it's successful for that. It's probably saved quite a few people's lives. I would have thought, or certainly saved their their health um I, yeah i don't think i don't think you can really criticize the wellness policy i'd agree and i'm and you can criticize the steward policy but not the wellness policy yeah um and then benoit led to pg which i know fans hate from quality but that's what allowed them to rebuild their company their fan base and their and uh their sponsorships which allowed them to get three four billion dollar deals in the span of a couple of years yeah so like after every major situation, things change. If Owen doesn't have that accident that causes that, who the fuck is going to tell Vince to be humble? <laughs> Making money over hand over fist? Like, why? I'm going to keep doing stupid shit because I can. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you need to, sometimes you have kids, I have kids. Sometimes your kid need to touch the damn stove and realize it's hot to know not to touch the damn stove. <laughs> Absolutely. And I and I, I I hate using this analogy with Owen because Owen isn't a pawn for somebody to learn something. Owen was a human being who had a family, but the, if you don't learn something from that, then you're then you're you're beyond reproach. And yeah. I don't think Vince is beyond reproach. I think Vince is, is as he's not an uncaring individual, but I think Vince is as. Rufus as it as it takes to do what he has to do, but I still think like he has some conscience left to realize, okay, we fucked up there. Absolutely, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't buy into buy into him being a complete devil. I think when when tragedy happens, um, it does affect him definitely, and that's a really good, really good example of of those three moments where it's actually created real organizational change um i guess by extension um and it would be completely morbid and inappropriate to like guess who but i guess (laughs) by by extension if if hoin hadn't passed then then they would have continued taking risks and it would have happened somewhere along the line to someone um that's a good point i didn't think of you're right because you know when i think of Owen, my first my first thought is besides thing is sean Doing that thing, yeah, at WrestleMania 12, I yeah, it was so that was before, but I mean, that that carabiner couldn't have been much bigger, no, you know. And Owens was so so was such so unique because it had the quick release latch because it was supposed to fall on his face, whatever. But I don't know, I just hope. With the benefit of hindsight, we all would have done a little different, been a little differently that night. Everybody, Owen yeah. included. I wish Owen had the balls to say, "Fuck this, I ain't doing that." 
Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, didn't he? Uh, wasn't there some? Uh, was he didn't do a test run or something on the night? I think something of the sort. Yes, I don't yeah. remember the full story, but I know he was completely apprehensive and terrified. Yeah. Again, don't 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 take that for me putting any blame on him whatsoever. I'm just no. saying, as you said, everyone would have done something different with hindsight. No, but I think it's reasonable to say, man, I just, not that you're wrong for not doing it, but man, I just wish, I wish you would have had the gumption to say, fuck. You know how many times in my life I wish I could have, I wish I could have had the gumption to say, man, I ain't doing that. Yeah. But I did it anyway. Yeah. I mean, how many times do you, do you know, do you, do you know there's a big risk in something and you know it's probably going to go wrong and then you just, you just do it anyway. That's kind of what happened. Um, yeah. As you say, we we have a tendency to just do it. Yeah, and and the world of professional wrestling and the world of entertainment in general is such that there's a saying <laughs> for my rap fans. I first heard the saying from um, the group Goody Mob. There was a there was a you've heard of the group Outcast, I'm sure, right? I know Outcast. Okay. I, I I don't know Goody Mob, I'm afraid, but um, yeah, I'm I'm with Outcast. Well, Outkast came from this group of musicians in Atlanta that were known as Organized Noise. The main people in that were the rappers who created, who became the group Goody Mob. And have you ever heard of the guy CeeLo Green? Of course, yeah. CeeLo was part of Goody Mob. That's where he started. Oh, really? And CeeLo left Goody Mob because clearly CeeLo's a superstar in his own right, right? Yeah. And when he left, the next album for Goody Mob was called One Monkey Don't Stop No Show. Which means that, look, just because you leave, we're keeping it moving. And that is entertainment, right? Yeah. You know, um, there's a lot of controversy around Marvel and the MCU's uh, choice to not recast T'Challa with Chadwick Boseman's passing. But any other company would have been like, fuck it, he died? All right, cool. Who's the next guy going to replace him? That's just the idea, ideology, and thought process of entertainment. Yeah. So I think you're right in your assessment that it, if it wasn't him, it would have been somebody else because they just kept moving, right? Yeah. And I'm glad that, you know, with the tragedy that happened, they were forced to kind of take a hard look in the mirror and realize, man, we fucked up. We can't do this again. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it, it saved someone else along the line somewhere and that's deep i didn't think about that too but you're right they, they probably saved lives after that for realizing how fucked up that did. paul any other thoughts on this situation before we uh put a pin in this no as as we said all along if it is uh it, it is quite a hard thing to think about and it's, it's a really it's a disappointing thing to think about what you would have gone on to do but also i think it's i think it's quite an important thing to do and quite a it's it's honoring the man in in discussing you know what what he could have done what what he should have what he should have rightfully achieved yeah um, agreed so i've enjoyed doing it and i you brought me you brought me a lot of joy in remembering owen with the way you laid it out cuz i can see it all and i can just see the enjoyment on his face and mine and i also want to thank well, I'm, I I I have been open about feeling a very weird way about it. Shout out to AEW for finally getting a chance to show his legacy again. You know, yeah. like it ultimately it doesn't matter how I feel about how it came to pass. 
The fact is, we can we can see Owen Hart on television again, and that we can say Owen Hart on television again. It like that's dope. And so, whatever it took to get there, I'm happy for that because that man's legacy deserves to be like shown and appreciated by everybody that's ever cared about this business. Absolutely, Com- completely agree with that. Completely agree. So, sir, we got next week, right? Yeah. Have you got a you got a topic for us? I do. Um, you know, uh, again, we're we're dealing with um, respecting the dead, and a young man who was a hero of mine, Mr. Scott Hall, recently passed last week, and we got a chance to talk about that last show. So I thought, let's do this. Let's have a little fun. So what if Scott Hall and Kevin Nash stayed with the WWF, and Shawn Michaels and Triple H went to WCW? Oh, I love, I love, I love the little, the little add-on at the end there. Because by itself, what, what if Scott, what if Scott Hall and uh, Kevin Nash had stayed in WWF? That is, that's meaty in itself. And then flipping Sean and Hunter over there. I mean, we we can going to be fun. <laughs> we we can take it brick by brick. So we can start off with just the Scott and, and Scott and Kev staying. But I think it'd be fun to see if you know. The most, uh, the biggest star in the world at the time, Sean, said, "No, I'm gone." That I think that would be interesting. Yeah, because you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm already starting to think through kind of timelines of other people ending up in WCW. Um, Changes everything. That's for, yeah. That's for damn yeah. Sure. Um, um, this is gonna be a lot of fun. I need, need to start planning this one straight away. Hey, next week, Magsy, be ready. Um, next two, well, damn. So we put this out on Thursday, right? Yeah, yeah. Thursday. Next Thursday, y'all. That's 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 the producer and me talking. Next Thursday, y'all. Look forward <laughs> to that. Um, I appreciate y'all listening. Thanks for rocking with us. It's good to be back for our actual full show. And I'll leave you with the expert. Take us home, my brother. It's been great to have you back. Yeah, I've missed you, and I've missed this terribly. So, yeah, Love good to be here. I, I hope I, I hope people listening uh, kind of get how much fun it is to just just to chat to you. It's um, it's wonderful. It's a real real shame Magsy's not here, and I love a fort uh, with him and his family this week. Um, can't wait to be chatting with him again too. Um. So hopefully next Thursday, hopefully you'll be here. Um, if not, myself and Ray will be here and we're covering that excellent topic. The only the best way to find that is to go over to your podcast provider of choice, find find the Cheershot Radio Network, click subscribe, um, and throughout the week, you, this this shows every week. What what kind, what kind, what whatever shows we got over there, Ray? You you you, you uh, appear on on quite a few of them so give give them a quick shout out very clever to not fuck up the 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 outro <laughs> by calling me in very clever um well i am of course uh one half of the outsider's edge rest in peace to scott hall um you can catch that on every friday i'm also a part of the three man weave sports show you can also catch me on bandwagon nerds every monday that is an entertainment show but besides that we have the greg demarco show we have uh, five rounds, which is Mags's baby. When you you want to get some UFC in the game, you got that. Um, you have uh, 
the Miranda Morales show, which is an offshoot of the Greg DeMarco show or the Babyface Hill podcast. I forgot. I'm sorry. New name. You know, you have Potter's War of the Return. They back. You have DWI. You got so many shows. Talk to Cake. You got so many shows on the network. Come holler at your boys. We're doing good work. Uh, down the wire, you know, with the worst assistances. Uh, yeah, man, we 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 in that thing. Like, come come holler at us. There's something for everybody. There's a show for everybody. There's a, a personality for everybody. And also, there's a shirt for everybody. There is. And you can find them over on Pro Wrestling Tees forward slash the chair shop. Um, again, Ray, uh, much better than, than I, than I could do. Went through kind of a, a lot of the designs that are available over there. As I said, we're all getting chisels for the summer, aren't we? So go over there and, uh, buy your smaller sizes ready for. <laughs> Damn, buy the smaller sizes before you lose it. Ooh. Got to motivate yourself somehow. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and if you don't get there, they're looking in frames up on the wall. Um, oh, by the way, by the next time we talk to y'all. Cody gonna be there. Uh oh. Cody is is that all official now? We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of been avoiding the news this week, so um, I, clearly something's happened there that I'm I'm not I'm not familiar with. Um, so that'd be something to talk. That'd be something to talk about, and I'm sure it'll be talked about over on thechairshot.com as well, where you find all your hard hitting pro wrestling news and opinion. And I think that is, I think that's all the plugs. I think that's everything we need to get through. So, um, yeah, um, do all that. Come join us again next Thursday and we'll have a, another great what if for you. Until then, stay safe, look after you and your family, and uh, always use your head. Chairshot.com. Always use your head.